This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Let's fuck this shit. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? The company are just like super pumped, but I just have no idea what it's gonna look like. Only that it should be good. I'm excited. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. And my toes. We're always available to do freelance work of any kind. That's do great we have to know. Skills? Who knows? But <laughs> I, I vote yes on the skills department. Intangibles, also yes. What is your like dream project that you could do at ESPN? Like, have you mm. been thinking about, oh, if I could do this hockey focused thing, this would be great. Or like, here's a platform that I wish that we would use more of. Great question. Candidly, I'd love the opportunity to try rinkside reporting. I think that would be really, really cool. Bump Brian Boucher Get out. out. We can Kaplan share the inside booth. the glass. It'll be post-COVID times. There's room for two of us. I think that would just be a really <laughs> unique opportunity. And then I'd love just to do a little bit more of like the long form, sink your teeth in 30 for 30 style, either whether it's like the podcast that Ramona did about the Sterlings or even just like being able to help contribute reporting on a real 30 for 30. Um, those type of things would really get me excited. I would love like a modern 30 for 30 on like a hockey related topic. There's so many we could do. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> What, what, what's your like top topic? Sean Avery versus Martin Brodeur. Go. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, you had that on deck. Yes. Can't today. But no, serious. I, I grew up a Rangers fan, and I would think I was, was going to say <laughs> person who was defending his antics during that playoff series. But you know who else is a Sean Avery stan? Is Sarah Sivian. This is why Sarah and I get along. I think Sean was misunderstood. Um, <laughs> right. And I know, I, I've talked to many hockey players who just hate his guts, including many who have played with him and against him. I just think he was a little before his time. And he was someone who was super comfortable showing who he was. Remember when he had an internship at Vogue? Yes. He had an internship awesome. at Vogue while he was playing for the New York Rangers. It was so funny, Christina. I also feel like it was like while he was like currently playing. Maybe this is just my fantasy that it was like he was done with the practice rink in like Greenwich or wherever they played Westchester. This was pre-social media. Like this was pre-Instagram. So like none of this was as like everywhere as it would have been if Artemi Panarin decided to do like an internship at Vogue, which honestly would pay to see. But yeah. He should. (laughs) He should. Do you guys follow him on Instagram and his girlfriend Allison yes. I'm just obsessed with them and Mr. Rizzi who and the- here's some good I asked Isabel Kershudian I was like what does Mr. Rizzi mean do you guys know no you guys are gonna no. really appreciate this <laughs> it apparently in Russian just means like Mr. Redhead Mr. Ginger oh, yeah because yeah, he's like a little orange so dog cute. that's very cute he's yeah really it's pretty cute, cute. 
No, we follow we follow Artemi Panarin because we really like all of his Russian spawn con. Yeah, that's a good reason. He does like these very funny ads for Pomolov soap, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the most Russian thing I've ever <laughs> that's seen. That's incredible. I, maybe I should just like stalk him a little bit more so his stories come up a little sooner for me, and I can really right. get on this. Is it embarrassing when you realize of like who the five first five people that come up for your stories are? Well, I'd like mine to be Artemi Panarin. Who is your like favorite player to follow on social media? So many of them aren't very good. Yeah, exactly. it's true. Honestly, like, the guy that, like, just cracks me up every time, and he's retired, but I've gotten to know him a little bit lately, and I just love him, is Chris Versteeg. If you're not following him, especially during the playoffs, he he's really leaned into it lately. He would, like, put his kids to bed, go down to the basement, and it would lo- literally look like a lair, and he's just, like, given his take on the game, like, pausing. But his take on the game is, like, our take on the game, where he's like, yo, Nikita Kucherov is changing his stick tape because he hasn't scored in four games, so he's getting superstitious. What's going through your mind, Nikita? Um, And it's awesome. So he's by far my favorite. He's not currently playing, but um, he's just, he rocks at Instagram. I'm going to follow him now. You 1,000% should. There must be so much more of guys sitting around watching other games this season. Just because, like, when you're on the road, what are you doing? You're locked in your hotel room. There's literally nothing to do. I've had so many conversations with guys this year. And, like, to your point earlier, like, is it easier? And, like, in some ways it is because they're like, yeah, call me on the road trip. It's not like I have dinner with the boys or I want to go shopping or anything like that. Yeah. They're literally (laughs) playing Xbox, watching Netflix, playing Xbox, (laughs) and going to sleep. Checking their Instagram DMs. Checking their Instagram DMs. I guess this is like the time. If you're going to slide into an NHL player's DMs, do it now because he's like probably going to read it <laughs> since he has nothing else has to nothing do. He has nothing to do, nowhere to go. Just yeah. him and his thoughts. I love reading all the stories about the elaborate Xbox and just other game console setups they have in their rooms. It's incredible. I didn't realize. My favorite of that, though, is it's it happened before the season. Patrick Lane slash Line A and Nikolai Ehlers. I heard the story of them like coming to New York once and they were there. I don't know, the swing against the Devils, Islanders and Rangers went to Best Buy, bought like two second screens and then, like, just, like, ended up dumping them at the end of the road trip because they couldn't take it back. I think Marat told us that was true. It's an, yeah. an off-shared tale that I love to believe is true. It's and it, so good. we've got second sourcing here. I believe it. TVs are cheap now. They are. As someone who moved recently, I learned that. Yeah. I was shocked. I love sometimes when there's shots of the guys walking across the jetway to get on their planes and they're just holding, like, a second monitor under their arm. <laughs> yes. Like it's like a briefcase. You look so cool right now. <laughs> I mean, it's business trip essentials. Not as cool as they look as when the um, social media person for their team does a slow-mo shot of them walking into the rank with their cup of coffee. The only person who's like managed to do that right is the Capitals. Like their social they media, person. media person. They've really figured it out. Have you noticed how many teams are on TikTok now? Mm-hmm. I'm curious about this content. There is some good hockey content on TikTok. Are you on TikTok? So, like, I download the app because I was just getting frustrated and my friends would send me clips and it would, like, take me to some weird website. But I have so far (laughs) withheld um, scrolling because I just have heard the worst things about how dangerous and addicting it is. (laughs) So I've held out thus far. That is true. I got it for work. Huge air quotes. I was like, yeah, obviously. And now you are And now I am on it probably, like, 19 hours a day. But when teams started getting on it, I was like, yes, this is great. But also... You know how the funniest people on hockey Twitter are like 16-year-olds? Yes. <laughs> That's how it is on TikTok too, like mm. with hockey content. It is just translated seamlessly over and I'm it's great. 
That's what I'm saying about the internet. People are just clever. I just don't think I, I, I just don't think I'm an internet person. Like I, I think I just translate other ways, which is fine. Yeah. I, I'm just well, accepted it. it. Yeah. Part of self-realization. You, you just know who you are. Speaking of like how different the season has been so far, looking back on your predictions at the beginning of the season, how would you grade yourself at this point? Well, Audrey, I would grade myself an A because I picked the Washington Capitals to win the Stanley Cup. Yay! So. <laughs> had a feeling. Just had a feeling. Um, Emily, honestly, when you published that, I was like, this girl is insane. But, you know, go Caps. <laughs> for me, it's just always, it's, it's the team you least expect. But my theory, my theory going into that, and it feels more even reinforced now, is that this is such an unusual season. And now we're starting to see the mental health effects of it. Um, and I think it's adversely affecting younger teams that these guys are just struggling with it a little bit more. And so I just felt like a veteran team who has been there before, also just like really put a lot of stock in Peter Laviolette. They really love him. I'm a fan. I'm a fan so far. The most caps thing that they could have done last year was go to the bubble and just be like, yeah, we're just here to have a good time. Like if we win, we win. But COVID's going on. We're doing self-care. That's why we're not winning games. So yeah, I mean, I think they they took it easy last year in the postseason. So I think they can kick it up another couple of notches. Well, I think it's great that the uh, Stars went to the finals last year and now will not make the playoffs. That's that's like fun for them. I think it's it's great. The thing with the Stars, I don't know. They're one of those teams that like, I don't want to say cockroaches because that has a super negative connotation, but they just like don't go away. And then all of a sudden they go on a winning streak and you're like, wait, what? And I feel like they're just going to sneak in because the Blackhawks have surprised me. I just don't think they're sustainable. And I just feel like the Stars have all these games in hand. They need to start winning like ASAP, but maybe they do it. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. But <laughs> and they're not. Are they expecting Jamie Ben or Tyler Sagan to be back? Yeah, Sagan's gonna come back, and uh, Ben Bishop's gonna come back. I'm so happy to give you this news. Oh wow! So it's kind of like their own trade deadline acquisitions. This has changed everything for Christina. I didn't know that Bishop was coming back. I didn't Which know that is at all. Great, but it, it makes me sad that Anton Kadovin hasn't done well this year because I love I him. I want the best for him. He just looks like a dude who just wandered on <laughs> to like a hockey yeah. rink and was like, yeah, I'll sure, try this I'll out. Like, yeah. play bully, whatever. It's funny because like when I used to cover the NFL, they always talked about the offensive linemen as like, oh, they're always like the wackiest, but always the easiest to talk to. And I feel like goalies are offensive linemen but really just Anton Kadomit is an offensive lineman like he just acts like one <laughs> and, and, and I mean that in the kindest this is the most compliment to the sweet prince Anton oh, yeah, sure. yeah I mean it's been a huge year I think for like second string goalies who have suddenly had to step up and be like okay now I'm doing this all the time every night with no nights off are there teams that you think that can really ride that into the playoffs so like the abs are the team that came to mind there because Grubauer has been awesome but I think they need another goalie because he has an injury history. You can't just bank on it. And it's also like proof of concept. He's never gone on this hot stretch for this long of a period. Are we going to trust that he's not going to fall off? And I I think he will sustain it, but I I think they should get a goalie. The issue really is that this is a supply and demand issue. There's Mm -hmm. so many teams that want a goalie and just so many teams that don't want to give up a goalie. It's time for us to get into yeah, the rink. I'm, Christina, you and I are going to show up at Scott Foster's house. I know where he lives. We're going to train with him. He knows what he's doing. He's the accountant. They extended tax season, so he's got Christina, a little extra time. You have now, you Perfect. have now been ice skating exactly one time in your life, so you're ready. I'm ready to go. Goalie is the position for you. You're Ben Bishop tall. You're constantly saying he should just get as wide as possible. Ben Bishop tall is a great um, just descriptor of anything. <laughs> 
the most relatable moment I've ever had with a professional hockey player is when Ben Bishop's contact fell out during a game that one time and Mm -hmm. he just like fished it off the ice and put it back in. I was like, yep. Such a real one. Something people would judge so hard in the time of COVID, but oh yeah, (laughs) when it happened, super relatable. Are there any players in hockey, are there any guys who play specific positions you're like, this position is notoriously harder to talk to? Like defensemen are really hard to talk to or goalies are really hard to talk to. That's actually a great question. I've never thought about it. In the NFL, it was totally like that. It was like a cast system. Like, oh, if you want the showy quotes, you always go to wide receivers or cornerbacks. Um, or pass rushers, if you want the, uh, you know, the cerebral quote, you go to like X kind of linebacker or quarterback. But in hockey, I don't know. It, it's more like age, rookie status, you know what I mean? Like veteran status, that type of stuff. And then there is a little bit of a cultural barrier when they're from different countries. But that never spooks me. But it really seems to spook some reporters who just don't treat people who don't speak English as their first language as normal. Yeah, <laughs> which is always shocking to me. That's so weird. Just, it's, it's so weird. Um, honestly, like that's been my biggest eye-opening critique of hockey media, of just especially with guys that English isn't their first language, of how hard the media is on them, how judgy they're. Oh, he never wants to talk. Oh, he needs his translator. And it's like, dude, he's trying. Are you going to go speak Finnish? Exactly. And like they probably appreciate an understanding person who's practicing too. For sure. Literally, the only trick I have is I've learned how to say hello and thank you in Finnish, Russian, and Swedish. And like, just it's literally the (laughs) bare minimum that I could do, but it goes so far because it at least shows that you're putting in like a tiny bit of effort. Mm -hmm. And in French, I can say, je ne parle français parce que je suis American and je suis stupid. And that can get a French Canadian guy to laugh so hard. (laughs) I don't even think the grammar is right, but it sounds right to me. It's honestly probably better if it's not right. Exactly. They trust you more. One of the pieces that Christine and I really liked that you've put out this season was about the NHL's struggles with mental health, about how players are dealing with COVID and being in a, not in a bubble, but kind of in a bubble and having to play so many games in such a short amount of time. Can you tell us a little bit about like what putting that piece together was like? Yeah. So it really started like from the bubble last year of just hearing, you know, talking to guys from that experience and then knowing okay, what they have this year isn't normal too. And if that affected them, this has to affect them. And also just saying, this shit's affecting all of us. It would be naive to think that hockey players aren't immune. So, you know, I started reaching out to some people, I don't know, maybe like a couple weeks into the season, just feeling it out, I called a bunch of agents. Um, and the player that I led with in the story, I was telling a bunch of agents a story and the agent's like, you know, I've got the guy for you. Um, you really should talk to this guy because what he's going through is what so many of these guys are going through this year. And so he connected me with this player who's, um, he's younger. He's like on his entry level contract. He's 22. And just speaking to him was really eye opening because he actually was pretty candid about feeling anxious for the first time in his life and, and experiencing depression for the first time in his life and not really knowing how to articulate that. And I thought that was pretty big. Um, and I think the other aspect of the story, and you know, it was interesting as I started talking to guys, especially guys that I had known or had relationships with, I was like, what do you think is important to get out there? And they said, you know, I think you should put out there that a lot of people don't want to talk because they don't want to sound insensitive because people think, oh, you're a hockey player, you make millions of dollars, just be happy. Um, and there was a lot of guys that like, didn't really want to talk. And I think that was the reason. And it's such a kind of complicated topic to articulate. But it sounds so silly. But like, even just putting it out on paper, um, I think guys appreciate it. And the readers appreciate it too, because it's real. It's like, that's their authentic selves and yeah. what is going through their minds. 
absolutely. It was very eye-opening just to see what they're going through. And it's very interesting that you say that they're like afraid of of sharing just because they don't want us to judge them. But in reality, we want to connect. We want to know like what they're going through is similar to what we're going through. No, and, like, we've made so many strides with mental health and erasing the stigma. And, like, Robin Lanner obviously has been just, like, the poster boy for it. But Tyler Mott, to me, is, like, just as important because love Tyler he's just he's the coolest and he just he's just so real about it and it's just like you know sometimes I have a hard time describing it like it's not like I'm super depressed or not super anxious but I just go through shit and I just want to tell people that I go through shit and I talk to someone Mm -hmm. about it and just even being able to put that out there like you said that's so relatable for me is like I go through shit too I see a therapist too wow like we relate we are the same (laughs) yeah exactly did we just become best friends well no a lot of people also go through shit and go to therapists doesn't mean you're best friends I especially think about, you know, generations of kids coming up now who are adolescents, especially like young boys and young men who like the difference that would make in your life if the athletes that you looked up to were open about mental health and stuff like that, like how helpful that's going to be in the future. So, so true. Because for so long, it was just like, bottle up your emotions and play and you're just an athlete be strong all the time yeah exactly and that Mm -hmm. was the only we use the word role model all the time but that's the only model that they saw like that's the only model that you could follow or else you were weak or there's something wrong with you do you have a sense of like what the league might do going into playoffs this year that is going to be different or trying to alleviate some of the stuff that they were going through in the bubble so no bubble. <laughs> I think is as long as we're tracking okay on the virus, which hopefully knock on wood we are, I, I just can't imagine them. Firstly, the players would not agree to it with the same um, protocols yeah. as last year. But the biggest thing for the players was the fact that their families couldn't be there. And underlying to that was this issue with accountability and transparency where they just felt like, the league and PA is like, oh, your families are going to be able to come. But it wasn't figured out yet by the Canadian government. And they weren't giving them updates along the way. And it just kind of felt like this bait and switch at the end. So I'd like to think that those lessons were learned. And it will be a much more upfront process throughout the entire thing. Of, These are how many family members can come to your games. Or here's how you can interact with them after. Because it's going to look different. But we shall see. As long as there's some straightforward. Hopefully it, it won't. Yes. Hopefully it won't just be Justin Dowling's wife and child. Oh my God. So I talked to her on the phone. She was so funny. Meg, um, the star, I was writing the story in the bubble. There's this rumor that there's one Dallas Stars wife. <laughs> like, yeah. now we're always like, wives. Like, who wife. is she? <laughs> yeah. And I talked to her and she was, she was hilarious. She had a newborn. She was like, and like, where do you sit at the games? Like, let's get a glass of wine. And I was like, oh, honey, I'd love to, but like, we're, I'm media. Yeah. They're not putting me anywhere near you. I'll wave to you from literally across center. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're not going to do that again. I don't know if you felt like this, but like, the entire playoffs in the fall, I don't really remember them or that they were, it was like an out of body experience kind of because there were so many other things to be stressed out about. When the Caps got eliminated, I was like, thank God, <laughs> they get to go home. One less thing to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's honestly just the whole, like this year just feels like a time warp to me. And like, that was six months ago now, but it, in some ways it feels like yesterday. In some ways it feels like two years ago. Yeah. But yeah, the whole thing was strange and surreal. And we'll look back on it, I think, and being like, can you believe that they did that or that this actually happened? Because it just, just so odd. It felt very gross. I'm like, I don't want to watch this just for my own enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. What was your weirdest experience in the bubble? 
Uh, great question. I was so I was bubble adjacent, which is my, oh right, yes, because independent media wasn't allowed in. So I did my bubble quarantine, right. yeah, in an Edmonton Airbnb in the Edmonton suburbs. Which maybe that was my weirdest experience. I was loving it though. <laughs> I was just ordering Tim Hortons in the morning because I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm in Canada and Tim Hortons delivers and everyone there is like, why you eat? It's not good. Like you can actually get good coffee. <laughs> everyone in Canada hates Tim Hortons now. It's like very funny. Um, they think the quality has gone down. Um, but yeah, and then I would like sneak out for walks in the Edmonton suburbs because like I really thought the Mounties were going to check on me, but they didn't. So I'd go on like three walks a day around the neighborhood. That was probably my weirdest experience. <laughs> Lots of great pine trees. My, I think it was like the last day of quarantine. I went on a walk and I like did this whole Instagram story, like pine trees of Edmonton. Here's all the trees that I've been allowed yeah, to talk to. Yeah, and my friend texts me, he's like, are you just stoned or bored out of your mind? Like, eh, Maybe both. I've been say? here for two weeks. Who's to say? Trade deadline stuff. I've heard that's coming up. Rumor has it the trade deadline. I have too. I have as well. That's floating around. Are there any teams that you think will definitely be looking to make a big move? Or do you think it's going to be relatively quiet compared to most years? You know, it's so hard to say. Like, I feel like everyone's been like trying to spook everyone off all year. Like, oh, no one wants to make moves this year. It has to be money in, money out. Everyone is so tight. But like, moves always get done. And like, we were saying this about coaches getting fired, right? Like, oh, everyone's watching their finances. Yeah, well, there's Mm -hmm. two franchises who are paying two coaches not to fire, right? Like, play right now. As for teams that I think are definitely going to do something, it's so hard because I never want to predict what Lou Lamarillo does because that man does not telegraph anything. Right. But like from everything it seems, they just want to get someone to help them score and replace Anders Lee. So that would be like my surest bet team to get a forward would be the New York Islanders. You could put this on old takes exposed. I forgot that Anders Lee was yeah. hurt. Yeah. He's also, he's like, he's another like Captain America, like super wholesome, just like <laughs> lax captain. <laughs> Emily, thank you so much. The honor was truly mine. This was so fun. It was a blast. Let's I do it really again I'm like, Was I the only one that had fun? No. <laughs> yeah, I would course. love to. No, this has actually been like one of the smoothest our guests that has ever been. You're basically a third mic exactly. at this point. Everybody we have on from The Athletic is so awkward. <laughs> This is speaking music <laughs> to my ears, ladies. The worst company. No, I'm just kidding. I love everyone there. But so appreciate you. I think what you guys do is super cool. And I can't wait until normal times. And I will not blow you off at the bar and we'll drink together. It'll be great. It'll we, be yeah, we won't be like really tired in the basement of like some Vancouver bar again. It's like the night after the second day of the NHL draft. And it's like the last day of summer camp because especially for me, like I'm traveling for like almost all the playoffs with the same people. Then you do the playoffs, then you go home for like a couple days, then you go to do NHL awards, and you go home for a couple days, and then you see everyone again, and then this is it, and then everyone just pieces out to their quote cottages for months. So that night was just wild. But yeah, I'm just like, it's coming back to me now. We were in this like dark dungeon basement. I think it turned like kind of dancey at some point, which is probably when I pieced out. <laughs> Perfect scene. Absolutely. We have to go back. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has just been okay, great. Well, we'll do it again. Emily, is Definitely. there anything you want to plug? You guys. Oh, you're sweet. No, honestly, I, I think what you guys do is super cool. I'll say it for the eighth time. Um, and I would plug Puck Bunnies. You're the best. Well, I would Thanks. plug Emily Kaplan's writing and general internet presence on ESPN.com, on Twitter, and also catch her on Around the Horn, like once or twice a week. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Ladies. I feel so bad. I say guys all the time, but... No, it's gender neutral at this point. Thank you again to Emily for coming on. 
If you would like to call in with your questions or suggestions for next week's episode, you can reach us at 774-318-6952. You can follow us on Twitter at ActPuckBunnies underscore pod or on Instagram at ActPuckBunniesPod, no underscore. Please, 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 please rate and review the show on your platform of choice. And please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash PuckBunnies. I'm, I'm Christina. Audrey. And this has been Bye, PuckBunnies. Talk to you later. Bye, fuckers. <laughs> I'm going to swear at them.